Hey everybody, I'm G Marks and welcome back for another episode of Biz Books. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I am speaking with Jocelyn Davis, who is the author of Insubordinate, 12 New Archetypes for Women Who Lead. Uh, Jocelyn, first of all, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, my pleasure. Thrilled to be here. When was the book uh, officially published? How long has it been on the market? Uh, it was published March, uh, March 21st of this year. That's great. So we've got a good three, four months under our belt so far as uh, to the date that we're recording this. And uh, that is good to hear. Um, tell me, Justin, a little bit about yourself and how you came to to write the book. Sure. Well, uh, so my background is in the corporate learning industry, and I was uh, a um, head of R&D for a leadership development firm for uh, and I was with that firm for 25 years. So that was that was my whole act one. Right. Um, and now I'm on act two as a as a writer. Um, but the the reason that I wrote this book, the spark, the spark for this book was actually be, was actually getting fired for insubordination. Mm. Uh, direct quote there. So uh, at the sort of at the the peak of my uh, career as in um, in R&D for this corporate learning firm, I was uh, I was let go for being quote, insubordinate. And uh, at the time, I, I thought, <laughs> wow, I've got to write a book about this someday. <laughs> so I did. That makes complete sense. Do you have much experience in writing beforehand? Uh, well, well, yes, in the sense that um, the our whole business was was uh, creating leadership and sales training workshops. Right. Uh, so I was I was accustomed to designing and developing um, content. Uh, and then I did write a book with with that company called Strategic Speed, which was about um, uh, accelerating how to accelerate execution. Um, in the and so that was uh, that was my first book. And then after I left, I wrote more books about leadership. Great. All right, that is great. Um, well, this book was really interesting. Um, I I enjoyed reading it, but then again, I'm a middle aged man, so I guess the question is like who. Who is your audience for this book? Is it is it guys like me? Is it also obviously women? Uh, who who do you want to read it? Yeah, obviously it's women. Um, the the subtitle of the book is Twelve New Archetypes for Women Who Lead. Mm -hmm. So that's the the main audience. But as I like to say, you know, I don't um, uh, I don't I don't care what gender you identify as. What I care about is whether you can identify with women. Right. Uh, can you identify with women's stories, with their adventures, with their um, successes, mm -hmm. and what they have to teach, uh, and what what women's leadership archetypes have to teach all of us? So I found that um, in talking about this book and teaching workshops on it, that actually the uh, um, a lot of the guys get a lot of value out of it because it's it's about sort of focusing on a different type of um, leader than we're used to seeing. Sure. You know, I um, so I little background like i i have a 10 person company outside of philadelphia and um you know we sell mostly to small and mid-sized businesses we have about 600 clients you know you know the demographics as much as i do i mean 40 to 45 percent of them are, are female-led now i mean it is uh, you know you know women leaders and women business owners have really um grown uh, as a demographic among business owners around the country and because i'm such a horrible judge of people and still haven't figured out how you know humans in general I you know I read this book and you give different archetypes of 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 women leaders. It kind of helps me when I'm meeting prospective clients or dealing with clients that are females, you know, or or women-owned, you know, companies. It it kind of helps me a little bit better understand them. 
And yeah. that might be, you know, I'm assuming that's also part of the intention of the book as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's really three um, big lessons, if you will, that uh, I think we can all take away from it. One, one is is understanding our own strengths and the strengths that we may not realize that we have, right? Uh, and that we can, you know, lean into a little bit more fully and more confidently. Uh, the second is is understanding that we have more range than we might suspect. Right. So, um, you know, I talk about these twelve archetypes and their um, you know, things like the Amazon and the the empath and the snow queen and the witch hmm. and the empress. Um, there, these are all things that, I, in my view, we, especially as women, have available to us, and we right. may be comfortable with one or two, and not so comfortable with the others. But but we can tap into them, and so that's something that I want uh, people to be able to do. And then the third thing, as you said, is. Um, I, I'd like people to be able to to start appreciating these styles or these ways of being uh, in other people, in in women and men alike, but women especially, because uh, uh, we're all we all tend to, as human beings, we tend to sort of look askance at people who are doing things in a way that we wouldn't do them, um, and kind of give them that side eye. And my argument is that you know we should stop with the, so much of the side eye and do a little bit more appreciating and learning. I agree. I agree. So you divided the book up into four parts um, and you have approximately, because one of the parts I think have two people, uh, which I'm going to ask you about later. Um, but you have, you, you have the 12 archetypes, you've got them divided among the four parts and the four parts, for those of you guys that are watching or listening to this and, you know, and haven't picked up the book yet, um, you know, part one is fire earth and part two is uh, earth water and part three is water air and, Part four is air, fire. Explain to us what that means, what those parts mean. Yeah, so the, the 12 archetypes, and I have them on, on a wheel. Uh, the wheel has four quadrants that you just named. Uh, but the, the wheel is based on the four classical elements, uh, fire, earth, water, air, uh, which are um, obviously not scientific, but have incredible, um, just an incredible history and resonance in uh, art, in spirituality, in um, uh, literature, uh, and they're still used today uh, in, in many different realms, you know, as a way to sort of understand human nature and understand uh, different styles, if you will. So that's where the archetypes came from, and each, each archetype is placed on the wheel, you know, according to, um, you know, fire, earth, um, water, air, right. uh, the elements have, have different associations with them. So with fire, you've, it's like, you know, it's hot, it's direct, it's, um, uh, fiery, right. uh, <laughs> water in contrast tends to be, is, is cool, is dark, subtle, you know, maybe a little mysterious. And then earth is down solid, you know, um, grounded and air is much more up sort of intellectual, um, airy, mercurial, um, so all those sort of personality traits, if you will, can form these these twelve different styles or archetypes. So, for this conversation, I took notes on all the archetypes, and um, you know, I can I can bounce around and pull out a few, and we can discuss them. I don't know if you have a favorite one or two that you'd like to discuss, or how you'd like the conversation to go. Um, but I'm I'm more than happy to throw them throw a few out to you first if you if you'd like to discuss yeah please um, 
but I, yeah, I truly would like to get to it. Okay, so you know, let's start with it. I, I, I get drawn to the ones where um, there, you, you can't really figure out what the archetype is just by the name. And and you know, the second archetype that you name in the book is the the Amazon. Um, and you use two examples, one with a name that I can't even pronounce. Uh, Lysistrata, is that good? Lysistrata, yeah. There you go. Okay, and the other one is Lacey. So let's talk about the Amazon first. What What do you mean by the Amazon? And tell us a little bit about Lysistrata and Lacey. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting that you you picked that one because the Amazon is actually uh, one of the archetypes that um, women are often um, sort of encouraged to to be. It's like you know you got to lean in and you need to right. uh, try harder and be more forceful and uh, and that's what the Amazon is about. The Amazon is the happy warrior. Uh, she is the the woman who um, likes to uh, uh, fight, fight for what she for what right. she wants, and and you know push forward and uh, do all of that. So that the um, uh, the uh, real life example, because for each of these archetypes, I have a sort of literary legendary example, yeah. and that real life example of a woman that I new and, and, and lace as well but if we lace estrada was the, the literary example is a, a greek warrior right and yes yeah, well, she was bringing she was together a greek, women a greek, to fight uh, yeah greek matron actually yeah. um not yeah not a warrior but a greek matron okay um so i'll, I'll talk about her in a sec but lacy the um uh woman who the real life woman was a um project manager at the company where i worked she later left and founded her own company, um, which was also a, a training training company. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing about Lacey and about the Amazon um, in general is that uh, Lacey was not uh, not what you would call um, a, a, she didn't come across as a good listener. Okay. She did not come across as somebody who was going to like listen to the customer and do all that, the consultative selling stuff that we're all told to do. She was, she would come in and she would, I mean, she would, she would understand what the client wanted, but then she would tell you what to do. And the, um, a friend of mine who, who worked closely with her as I did said, you know, he was always baffled by how successful she was because she was so not consultative. She was just very like, you know, this is what you should do. Okay. Well, you could do that, but it's not going to work. Sure. So, you know, you need to do what I say. Um, but it worked for her because she, she, a, she really did have the experience mm -hmm. and the knowledge mm -hmm. B she came across always as um, fighting in the, in the client's best interest. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just do what I say, because I want you to, it was, here's what we're going to do, because I understand what you're asking me for. You've brought me in as the expert. And so here is my expert advice and trust me because it, it's going to work. Right. And what I, one of the things I learned from her is that, is that when clients bring you in as, uh, and are going to, you know, pay you money to uh, tell them what to do. They don't want somebody who's going to stand around and be like, oh, well, what do you think? Don't agree more. <laughs> they want somebody who's going to tell you what to do. That's what they're That's paying right. for. So so Lacey really tuned into that. Um, and then and the Lysistrata example, I love because it's um, the the it's actually um, based on a, uh, she comes from a play by Aristophanes, Greek um, 
Greek uh, playwright. Mm -hmm. And it's a farce that mm -hmm. the, is a comedy, uh, is the play. And the whole thing is about uh, the women go on a sex strike. Um, because they don't want the men to be um, at war. You know, they're right. sick of war. And so they want to stop the war. And so they they go on a on a sex strike. Right. And uh, Lysistrata organizes this strike and um, does this fa fabulous job of bringing all her, ally uh, her allies together and then pushing forward with the strike and uh, ends up um, bringing the war to an end. So not exactly a warrior um, in the definition of a typical warrior, but <laughs> in another way, she she's an know, anti she's an anti-war warrior. That's that's a good way to put it. And she knew, like you said, she knows she knew exactly what she wanted, um, which is something that is common among women that you call Amazons. Mm -hmm. um, and and I guess people like that, you know, you 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 talk about just within the chapter about how to deal with that Amazon type. So let's get back to Lacey, the project manager who is, you know, she is, you know, she, she knows what she wants. She's giving her opinion. You know, what, how do you deal with somebody like that? If you have somebody like that, either working for you, or if you are that kind of a person and you know that you might potentially be rubbing people the wrong way. Mm. Yeah. So um, one of the things I uh, talk about in the book is, is kind of the do's and don'ts for, um, for, for, for each archetype, because right. each archetype can kind of lean into their strengths, but then also needs to be aware that, uh, you know, of the pitfalls, if you will, of their, of their style. And if you're a little too comfortable with your particular archetype, then, you know, you can, you can go astray. So, you know, with the Amazon, if, if you are an Amazon, it really is about having that awareness that that is what, that's the way you like to operate and that it can rub people the wrong way. Mm. So you may need to draw upon, reach across the wheel, so to speak, to your opposite, which in this case might be the empath or maybe even the escapist, and understand what are some of those strengths. You know, how can I kind of step back a little bit, um, ask more questions, listen a little bit harder? Uh, and um, yeah, so it's it's about self-awareness and finding that balance. And, uh, you know, like... Uh... Oh God, what was her name? Uh, Lacey. Like Lacey, you have to basically hopefully draw people to your side, create allies as well, correct? By doing that. Yes. Creating allies is very big for the Amazon, something that that Lysistrata does does very well. And and Lacey's very well too. She was she was uh and is wonderful to work with because she was straight up, no BS. Mm. Um, but she also really understood that her um that she needed her people. She she needed her, you know, her contractors, her employees. Uh, she needed them to succeed. So she was very comfortable, um, you know, handing off uh, uh, the work, handing off, mm -hmm. and she was not a micromanager at all. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So that was uh, that was something that everybody really appreciated about her. One question I have about all these different architects, Jocelyn, is that, um, you know, if I'm reading the book and I'm female, um, a lot of the advice that you give in the book is is how to be like one of those archetypes, you know, like how you could emulate them or, you know, um, you know, how can I be more of the Amazon, which is more of the sort of the, uh, you know, the the, the emphatic, uh, you know, standalone person who wants to move forward with whatever, you know, with, 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 you know, without bringing in too much discussion like uh, like Lacey did, it, you know, is um is that something that you learn or is that something that you know, you're just sort of born with, you know, like, 
you know, and we'll talk about just females because you can make similar characteristics of of male leaders as well. But you know, or or form you know, is Lacey, for example, did she learn to be an Amazon or has she always been an Amazon? <laughs> I think she ha- has. I think all of us have always been sort of what we are. Right. Uh, we all have a, as I say, sort of a home archetype that we are comfortable with. Right. Um. But my uh, argument, and I and I sometimes get in a bit of trouble for saying this, but I'll say it anyway, okay. uh, is that women in particular, that our strength, our biggest strength is our range, our, our ability to draw upon these different uh, qualities mm-hmm. and kind of move around the wheel in this way. I, I like to say that we're you know, we're shapeshifters, mm-hmm. um, men in, in general, and what, whether this is, you know, nature or nurture, mm-hmm. I, I doesn't really interest me that much. Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason, I think men, uh, tend to have a more direct kind of linear focus, which right. is great. I mean, that's, it, it's the hero's journey. It's, you know, March, right. March long f- right. to the goal. Um, and that's, and that's good. Women, I think have, uh, uh, spent kind of too much time being encouraged to um to do that you know it's like find your strength um do your thing and you know march along the line in a linear fashion i think our strength is is really the opposite is that is that we have within us a lot of different ways to be ways to move and hopefully by tapping into more of those different ways of being those archetypes um mm-hmm. we can be more successful all right, makes sense. Um, all right, another archetype that you talk about, which which interested me, was the the claimant. So my question is, um, for you on the claimant, can you can you describe for us, explain to us what uh, the claimant archetype is, and also, can you tell me what a what what Batna is and why that's important for being a claimant? Oh, okay, yes. <laughs> um, so claimant is the next next one uh, along the wheel from the Amazon. So these yep. are all the the uh, fire earth. Yep. Um archetypes the claimant is uh the woman who understands the non-negotiables like she she plants her feet she the the image of her in the in the illustrations in the book is is she's she's like folding her arms and she's she's there she's standing feet on the ground mm-hmm. um so the claimant is um the 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 woman who who like who stands her ground mm. Uh, Batna is a um, decades old concept, very classic concept from negotiation theory, um, originated by uh, Fisher and Yuri, the, the two guys in uh, Getting to Yes, was mm-hmm. the, the classic book, negotiation mm-hmm. book. And Batna stands for best alternative to a negotiated agreement. And the the key thing in in one of the key key um, skills in in when you're negotiating right uh is to understand what your the best alternative is to a negotiated agreement so in other words if you can't reach agreement what are you going to do and the stronger your batna is the stronger your alternative is um to a negotiated agreement that then the stronger position you have right so you're if if you're you know going into as I in the example I give in the book uh, going in to negotiate for to buy a new car, 
Um, if you're in the situation where you don't, you know, your car broke down, you have a horrendous commute, you have no car to borrow, um, there's no public transportation, and you've got to get a car like tomorrow, mm -hmm. and your BATNA is not good. So you've got a you're not in a strong position there. Sure. But conversely, if you're just if you're just shopping around, maybe you want a new car, maybe you don't. If you don't get a new car today, oh well, um, you'll you have a friend whose car you can borrow, or your old, old car is fine. You know, then your batna is strong, and so then you're in a strong position. So, so how, it's how, how can you use that to emulate, you know, the claimant? Well, so the claimant is is the uh, woman who. Um, is an, an, an expert at mm -hmm. negotiation and particularly understanding what is um, well, what her, what her, uh, her source of power is like, what her, sure. what her platform is. Right. Um, can, is she in a position of power so that she can negotiate or does, does she need to give way? Uh, and so she's good at um sort of understanding what her BATNA is. And then right. if if it's not very strong, figuring out a way to make it stronger so that she's in a stronger position. So you gave the example of going into the, buying the car. I mean, I guess a claimant wouldn't put herself into that situation because she has like hardly anything to negotiate there. Um, right. So she's making sure that she has a BATNA, like, which is basically alternatives to whatever a is being negotiated. BATNA. yeah. Right. Um, okay, that makes that makes complete sense. All right, let's skip down a little bit. Um, you give another archetype is the Snow Queen, um, who has, as you describe, uh, her disdainful pride. <laughs> so explain to me the Snow Queen and what we need to know about her. Yeah, so I am a Snow Queen. <laughs> okay. It's me. I am you the took Snow away Queen. my last question. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So go ahead. It's fine. I am the Snow Queen. Um, so the Snow Queen is uh, is perhaps my favorite, I guess. But yeah, but so the Snow Queen is um, is proud. She's aloof, um, quietly strong, uh, an introvert. Jocelyn, you literally say, and I'm reading this from your book: a Snow Queen is, in most men's mind, a frigid bitch. <laughs> yes. yes. Although yeah. you do say the real picture is much more complex. So what well, is that? Really complex. Yeah, no, I, um, I was caught and I say this often in the book, a, a friend of mine, male friend, um, once said that I was uptight and unfriendly, okay. uptight and unfriendly. And I, I've never let him, uh, live forget that down, that. Right. <laughs> never let him forget it, but, but I am actually, I mean, it's, it, it's true. And this is where it comes into, it, it, we come back to sort of owning your, um, who you are yeah. and how you can make that work for you. So the, I mean, the snow queen, yeah, she, she can be uptight and unfriendly, but, um, but she's also coolly analytic, um, tends to, you know, not get sucked into drama. She's able to kind of rise above drama and, and um, not get uh, derailed by, uh, by, by those things. So she's cool headed. Um she is not uh, one of the mistakes I think people make about the Snow Queen is thinking, well, you know, she doesn't care. Um, she does care, sure. but she does not, as I said, doesn't sort of let herself get rattled by. So she's got an even keel and doesn't get you know swayed by emotion. So this can be a very strong uh, sort of leader. 
Sure. Um, and speaking for myself, you know, I, I um, was able in tough times when one of the my um, good the good things about me as a leader was that in tough times I was able to keep a cool head and kind of guide my team through um, yeah. through the mess. Yeah, a, a Snow Queen person, you, for example, is the kind of person you want to have in the foxhole with you when things really get rough. Yeah. Um, because it sounds like it's it, it it's an even sort of head. So, you know, the obviously the point of the, you know of the book is you know is is helping women identify which type of architect they are and then leverage that architect's strengths, right? Like lean in and you know um take advantage of of it, but fully live it. So, okay, you're you're the Snow Queen. What you know, what what will you be doing to leverage? Like what what strengths do do you have or does the Snow Queen have that you want to sort of take to the next level as it is to really take advantage mm -hmm. of your of your strengths? Yeah. Well as I say, it's really there's there's two equally important ways to go here. One is is understanding how to leverage your own strengths. And then second is to understand where your uh where you may need to tap into some other strengths. So for okay. me, um one of my uh uh, sort of examples of where I got into some trouble uh, because I wasn't, you know, sufficiently aware. I think of of my I hadn't written this book yet. Uh, so um, one of, one of one of the things about the Snow Queen is that she doesn't like to be uh, told that she is wrong. Doesn't like to be wrong. Um, so if she gets stuck in, as I have, in that sort of Snow Queen mode, then it can be really triggering. When somebody sort of points that out and says, "Oh, you know what? You're so perfect. Like, why? You know, you you can never be wrong." Right. Um, so there was one time when uh, I had this very tense email exchange with my boss, where um, where he said, "Oh, you know, Jocelyn, do you ever consider that you might be wrong?" And that just <laughs> and I was triggered by that. Yeah. And I I lashed back. Um, this is what actually eventually led to me being indirectly me being fired for being insubordinate. Sure. Um, so I lashed back, uh, had I been more aware of my sort of snow queen type, then, then I think I, it, I would have been better off because first of all, I might've known, okay, this is a trigger for you. Yeah. I could have stepped back and said, said, all right, no, I'm, you know, I'm going to use my snow queen powers here. I'm going to step back, I'm not going to get sucked in. I'm going to analyze this more calmly. Um, and then I might've drawn upon uh, a different archetype, particularly the Amiga archetype, which is the the person who really loves to connect and is yeah. able to, uh, you know, kind of uh, make connections, make friends. Um, so I might have leaned into that archetype a little bit more. And instead of just like what I did, which is to like fire back an angry email, I might have called him and said, "Hey, you know, what's going on? You know, let's 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 talk this out." So, um, yeah, so it's really about under, being able to understand myself as a snow queen. What are my strengths? How can I draw upon those strengths? But then also, how can I draw upon some other strengths? I think that's such a great point that um, if you can take the time and think and identify yourself to one of these archetypes, then when when people do call you out on on something, you can you can look to that archetype and say, like, well, yeah, OK, you know, that's me because I mean, that's the kind of person that I am. So, you know, in other words, I guess your boss or whoever at that time, he was only identifying, I guess, what was true, you know, but it was your reaction to that. And maybe you can, people can react better to events around them if they understand um, what kind of person that they are, what kind of archetype that they are, you know? Exactly. 
So they, uh, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting point that you do that. You know, you, you also mentioned that you would have, um, you know, taken sort of some of the, the advice from the, you know, the Amiga because it's more of a social person, friendly person or whatever. I would have thought you would have taken something from the jesters just because it's more, you know, yeah. lighter. Uh, yeah. But maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, tell us about the jesters and what type of archetype that is. And yeah, yeah, the jesters is um, uh, one of my uh, uh, colleagues recently said, "Oh yeah, the jesters that that's one of the most underappreciated types of leader is the person who can um, bring levity." can lighten up a situation, can make people laugh, can laugh at herself. Uh, and and yeah, I that's uh, an archetype that I, I could have drawn upon in that situation yeah. as well. Well, we all could, sure. actually. We all could, yeah. right? Yeah. It's really, um, it's, it's underappreciated. Um, the example that I use, uh, use the real the life example in that chapter right? is my, is my mom. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Who is, who has passed away. Um, but, uh, uh, growing up with her, it, she was a, um, foreign service wife. Her, her, my dad was, uh, in the foreign service, a diplomat. And, um, in those days, the, the, there was a husband and wife team really that, mm. so, so she was, um, of definitely of equal importance in that, um, career mm -hmm. as, as the, uh, sort of, the the professional hostess um uh wife of the diplomat but uh, but she was a gesturous and uh in many cases she um would just in these very uh potentially fraught cross-cultural situations um where which is always an issue for leaders right how do you lead across cultures when you have these you know dealing with people who are very different from you coming from very different places and what my mom did was she always used humor, mm. uh, good humor, to um, to bridge those gaps. Do you think that you know these archetypes change over time? I mean, can you know can, can a young woman in her twenties, you know, be a snow queen and twenty years later evolve into being? And I don't, maybe evolve is a bad word, but change mm. into being a gesturist? Or do you think that? once you're one of these archetypes, you're, you're really always going to be that kind of an archetype. I think one, once you're, I think we are who we are. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that changes. I think our, you know, sort of fundamental personality doesn't change, mm -hmm. but as I say, I think women, especially, um, and, and men, all of us can, uh, we don't, we don't give ourselves enough credit for the, um, for the evolving that we can do for the growth that we can do. Uh, and as I say, I think, I think women especially tend to not give ourselves enough credit for the many different ways that we can lead the many different, uh, sort of styles that we can take on. I've, I've heard from many, many women who have read this book, um, and have said, you know, oh, you know, I've, I've always been kind of scared of, of leadership books, management, you know, I'm not a, I'm not really a leader. I'm not really a corporate type mm -hmm. um you know i'm more sort of laid back or softer style or more, you know I'm, I'm not into that hard charging stuff it sort of mm -hmm. scares me um and then they but then they read this book and say oh you know i kind of see now that there's there's a lot of ways to lead and maybe i'm not the amazon 
maybe I'm more, maybe I'm an escapist, maybe right. I'm an empath, maybe I'm a snow queen, but I can still be a leader. And I can even, I could even like dip my toe into some of these other waters, you know, and, and try some other things out. You know, we are all our own, you know, our worst judges of ourselves, you know, I mean, we see what we want to see when we look in the mirror and sometimes we, we, um, we, we ignore things about ourselves that aren't pleasant or that we don't want to think about. So, you know, in a journey of trying to identify what kind of an archetype that we all are, um, you know, have you had any of your readers or anybody that you've talked to that have, that, you know, that, that have identified with some of these architects, have they, um, have you ever recommended that you have people from the outside read this book and, and tell you what they think you are? In other words, you know, if you had 10 of your friends read this book, would they, would they call you the snow queen, you know, or would they call you something else? Or, you know, have you, have you ever thought about, is, is that a way or is that a help for people to try and figure out what type of architect they have is to get input from people on the outside? That's interesting. You know, I, I, I don't think anybody's ever asked me that question. I, um, when you say, you know, did, did I get input on whether, on how people see me, I, I think I took the input that I already had, like, you know, oh, you're, you're uptight and unfriendly or, you know, you're, <laughs> well, you're, you're very you're honest with yourself. <laughs> or, yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, and, and being a writer, I mean, that was all type of material for me. Um, so, uh, but, but yeah, I do think that this could be an interesting sort of, um, uh, 360 feedback right. Right. Uh, method is, you know, what, yeah. What archetype do you think I am? What, what, how do I, how am I coming across? Because sometimes there's a difference between how we envision ourselves inside and how we're coming across to the outside Agreed. world. So yeah. Agreed. And it almost seems as if, um, you know, if you were selling this book or, or doing classes or helping out larger organizations that have, you know, a significant, you know, level of, of female employees, it, it's kind of interesting to have, you know, a bunch of people read this book and then make an evaluation of their coworkers if they, mm -hmm. you know, feel comfortable doing that as to what, you know, what type of architect that worker would be. Yeah. Um, I guess if people are willing to hear that feedback, they might, they might be sort of pleasantly or unpleasantly surprised by what they hear mm -hmm. from people, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, you have one architect in here and we're getting near the end because I, again, I don't want to give away the entire book here, Jocelyn, so I want people to read this book, but you do have, of course, the architect of the witch, you know, so, which you know, goes against my whole suggestion to say, hey, well, you should have people read this and stuff because you can imagine you had 10 of your friends read it and they all say that you're the witch. But then again, is the witch bad or any of these archetypes bad, but it, the witch in particular, tell us about no, that. Archetype. No, none of them are bad. And in fact, the whole, uh, they have been portrayed as bad yes. for sure. Right. And women are, have been very accustomed over the centuries to, to um, hearing these words uh, directed at us as, as bad, right? You're the witch, you're the, and every one of them, um, every one of these archetypes has sort of a um a, a too much um epithet associated with them so you know the the empress is too bossy and the snow queen is too cold um the the escapist is too uh you know weak or um avoidant or whatever uh and the witch is you know has been seen as just too <laughs> too too <laughs> too too much ruthless in, yeah, ruthless, ruthless. Um, 
but uh, but my intent with this book is that we can reclaim these uh, these labels sure. to our own benefit and and find what is uh, positive and strong and helpful in each one of them. And with the with the witch, uh, the thing that is um, she she is ruthless. She is judiciously ruthless. But the other thing about the witch is that she um, is expert at crossing those those boundaries. So so in in legends, you know, witches were able to sort of cross the the um, bridge between the um, the uh, the real world or the you know our world and the supernatural yep, world, the non-human world, the non-human world. Yes, uh, and in real life, witches are. Um, you know, um, which, which is in the, in professional professional mm -hmm. roles are also good at crossing those boundaries, but they may be boundaries between cultures. They may be um, uh, bridges between um, diff different types of people, different styles, between um, different professions. So witches are, are very, um, you know, a real shapeshifter and is very good at taking risk. So is willing to take on risks because she is passionate about um about what she's passionate about and is is willing to you know sort of take that risk to take those leaps and um uh really lead in a very bold way all right so before i let you go i can't resist testing you a little bit on some of these archetypes um if i if you're uncomfortable or or drawing a blank i completely understand but if i gave you a name a couple names of some famous women I'm curious to see if um, you can come up with what archetype you think they are. Okay. okay? So, for example, let's um, let's start with the most famous of them. Uh, to me, right living is Hillary Clinton. Um, what type of architect do you think Hillary Clinton is? Okay, I'm just I'm looking at the um, my archetypes wheel here. Yeah. So I can. Uh, it's fun it in to do front this. Of me. Yeah, Hillary Clinton. I would say is um I think she may be uh I think she's up in that that uh, air fire quadrant so I think she's she's probably an empress empress not a jesteress I never I never took her to be that <laughs> although yeah, I do although know she has quite a sense she's, of humor you know it's interesting when pe people who have um met her yeah uh, personally, yeah. they say it's, it's astonishing because she is very funny, very warm, very, uh, she laughs, she has this big laugh. You know, so I think she's, yeah, she's up in that quadrant with the empress, the gesturist, the witch, maybe. That's very interesting. You know, it's funny that you say that because she, um, I don't know if you've ever heard, but she did right after uh, she lost the election. Um, she did a long interview with Howard Stern and um, all the, you know, everything was behind her at that point. And uh, she was amazing. She was hilarious, yeah. you know, relaxed, yeah. you know, joking around. It was like just not what you're used to seeing her, you know, yeah. on TV. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you kind of wish we got a little bit more of that during the election. Maybe things would have turned out different, but that's a whole other story. Um, yeah. Other. OK, let me uh, if you don't mind. And if you don't know, I don't know. Do, do you know Kim Kardashian? I really don't follow the Kardashians. <laughs> would you admit it if you did? <laughs> Uh, you know, I would, but yeah, no, I just don't. I don't know. <laughs> okay. How about Taylor Swift? Ooh, Taylor Swift. That's a good one. Um, I do follow Taylor Swift. She's awesome. 
she is awesome. Wow. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, she, um, hmm. She may be really the mesmerist. Okay, now we, we, such a, we didn't discuss the mesmerist. the mesmerist in this conversation. So just very quickly, without giving any yeah. more in the book, what's what do you mean by the mesmerist? The mesmerist is the is the storyteller. It's the um uh the person who who mesmerizes, you know, who draws you in with um with stories, with her, with her sort of um yeah, it leaves you wanting more. So a performer. Uh, yeah, she I love that. Which is, it's such a good. She's such a good songwriter and storyteller. She really is. She's she's in the middle of re-recording all of her original works, you know, because of this mm -hmm. copyright issue that she was under, and yeah. uh, she's just awesome. I'm assuming you didn't see her own tour. I couldn't get tickets. I saw her. I saw her uh, in her first um, uh, Speak Now tour in in like uh, 2009 or 11 or something. That is a long time cool. ago. Yeah, it's yeah. very cool. That's very cool. Well, Jocelyn, uh, it has been a pleasure speaking with you. Jocelyn Davis is the author of Insubordinate, 12 New Archetypes for Women Who Lead. Jocelyn, I know you're going on a book tour this fall. Tell us um, how we can find out more information about it and tell us a little bit about it. Yes. Yeah, so this uh, tour is actually a multi-author tour. This, it's me and 15 other authors. Cool. They're all women. Uh, they all, And the title of the tour is Beyond Lean In, Women Redefining Leadership. So the whole point of it is to, is to look at uh, leadership through sort of fresh lenses, um, my book, but also all these other books by women who are really redefining what it means to lead. And you can find out more about it uh, on my website, which is jocelynrdavis.com. Uh, and or, you know, follow me on LinkedIn, and I talk about it all the time. It's happening in um, uh, September and October. That is great. And before I let you go, I mean, besides making millions as a published author now, um, <laughs> what what else are you doing to, um, I mean, now that you've put corporate work behind you, thank God, um, what, what what are you doing with yourself now? No, I just, I write books now. I'm, I am uh, uh, retired from act one, moved on to act two, which is uh, being an author. And I also, I speak and do some workshops, but mostly I write and I have uh, um, just finished the manuscript for my next book, which is a memoir um, about a uh, very um, drastic and, and interesting uh, mental illness, um, brain illness that I um, suffered through a couple of years ago. So yeah, memoir. Wow. Okay. That's fascinating. All right. Well, keep us in touch on that. And let's definitely you and I stay in touch as well. Uh, appreciate, you know, you spending the time with us. Best of luck with the book. It's excellent. Again, it's called Insubordinate, 12 New Archetypes for Women Who Lead. I've been speaking with Jocelyn Davis. Everyone, my name is G. Marks, and you have been watching and listening to Biz Books, where I talk to really smart people who write books like Jocelyn every other week. I will be back in two weeks with another interview with another great author as well. Thanks so much for watching or listening. We will see you again soon. Take care. <laughs>